Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Well, in checking elsewhere around North Dakota, Devil's Lake continues producing some small walleye activity. Anglers will want to sort through their catches for the occasional keeper, though. Try working from 10 feet out using bottom bouncers with deeper water, giving up the larger fish. Also try crankbaits. Pipe Stem and Jamestown Reservoirs are producing some walleye and perch yet, as is Lake Ashtabula, but Ashtabula is still slow for other species. Try along the shoreline for perch on Lake Ashtabula, and there might even be a small bluegill mixed in. They are definitely on the small side, though. Farther west, the Missouri River Tail Race continues producing catfish from both boat and shore with an occasional small walleye success. The best trout and salmon activity is at night, and the wing walls remain slow. Walleye are still deep along the east end of Lake Sakakawea, and it's a tougher bite. Try night crawlers, and they're still producing some success, but you might want to mix it up with minnows as well as we transition more into the fall bite. The better success is still farther west, more so than on the east end, and overall it's a tough bite. Try around the Indian Hills area, though. The Van Hook Arm, and even the area around Newtown, remains slow for walleye, and what fish are being taken are coming from that deep water, like they are on the east end, those depths where anglers need to be prepared to keep anything caught from 25 feet or deeper. Look for fair-to-good salmon success on the east end of Lake Sakakawea in 70 feet and deeper, using white-on-white flashers and squids, but it's also worth trying herring. Most activity is around Scoria Bay, but look for the salmon to start moving around more and throughout the entire water column. Some anglers working deep water for walleye are now starting to find some salmon, which tends to indicate they're on the move into shallower water for their spawn. It's hunting season already, with grouse, partridge, and tree squirrel seasons officially underway, as well as archery deer. Just remember to bring along a cooler of ice to keep birds cool, lots of water for you and your dog, and please be safe in the 22 season. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale. And she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Here is a podcast extra. Hey, before we get to uh, Casey Anderson from a, a week or so ago visiting with Tyler Axness on, on Afternoons Live, I need to stop and once again wish my mom, Marianne Lear of Valley City, a very happy birthday. And... Obviously, it's a couple days late. It was on Thursday, September 8th. But the show on the weekend, there's there's no way that I would ever, I would never not take the opportunity, wished her happy birthday on the air on Thursday on the morning crew, but on the weekend edition of Outdoors Live, because I understand, I get it. There's some people that 
don't or can't listen um, during the week. There's some people that may just listen on the weekends. And you need to know that I love my mom and I need to wish her a very happy birthday. First, before we bring you Casey Anderson with Tyler Axness on Afternoons Live from a couple weeks ago. So some of the opening date uh, information is a little bit dated, but the nuts and bolts of what they're talking about is what you need to know. It's Casey Anderson, Wildlife Division Chief of the North Dakota Game and Fish, joining us right now to talk about some fall hunting. Casey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. You know, hunters are excited. Does Game and Fish get really excited about this time of year as well? Oh yeah, most of us are hunters. Yeah. You know, in the especially in the wildlife division, that's why we got into it. And so, yeah, it's kind of all gear up for the hunting season. I've uh, I'm going to get this out of the way because uh, I'm I'm done pouting, but I didn't get drawn for a tag this year for a deer gun. So uh, uh, I know that the countdown still is on there. But uh, I, I want to start there. I know that we got bow, but one of the things that we've been following along is some of the areas that have been impacted by some of the diseases that unfortunately have crept a little bit further east. Have we had any updates? Are there other units that have been now impacted that maybe weren't earlier, Casey? Um, so, yeah, compared to last year, we do have uh, a couple units that um, have been added to um, a restriction, one restriction or the other. Um, obviously, over in your country, so one of the things we look at is, uh, you know, to be there. Um, now has a baiting restriction in it because of the positive that Minnesota found. And, uh, you know, we base that off of a 25-mile radius from a positive, the, that adjacent hunting unit, um, whether it's in-state or, or one that's out-of-state. Um, and that's based on the research that we've done with white-tailed deer and deer movements and things like that to try to try to keep the disease from spreading any faster than it naturally maybe would and allow us a little opportunity to, you know, manage the risk of that disease and help manage it in the herd. So it doesn't help take care of our herd for us, you know, mm-hmm. um, Casey, you know, you know, I'm, I'm familiar. And I think a lot of uh, people across the region are with the chronic wasting disease. Cause it, and that's been around in parts a little bit further. Forgive me. I forget what the other disease that's been a little bit more prevalent, uh, further east than what it had been in the past that was impacting herds as well. I, I forget what that, that disease was. Yeah, so we had, last year, we had a large, what they call EHD yeah. okay. outbreak, epizootic hemorrhagic disease, um, kind of related to like a blue tongue that sometimes people um, get in cattle or something, but but it's a separate virus, um, but it's in that kind of same family. And th- that virus works totally different than CWD, which is not actually a virus or, or a bacteria. Um, and so EHD kind of springs up. If it gets into a group of deer that are, are what we call naive to it, have never seen it, um, it really can have some dramatic impacts, you know, in a, in a short period of time. Um, but EHD, you know, has been studied for over 100 years, and uh, we know what happens. They start to develop an immunity, those that survive. And, you know, as long as habitat is in place, the deer rebound very well. So it's not a long, it's not a long-term, mm-hmm. you know, population decreaser where CWD has been shown over time to start putting pressure on the population and pushing it down with, sure. with not much relief. 
Uh, Casey, you just mentioned habitat, and I think about last year compared to this year just with moisture uh, and, you know, what even if you go out into a field, you can check out the crop progress and how, how much better things look this year compared to last. What are you seeing out there? Are things turning around? I mean, with more habitat, obviously, with more vegetation, more moisture, that perhaps the populations rebound. I'm just curious, what, what's kind of the lay of the land out there on a variety of species? Yeah, so we've got, you know, like you said, the the drought was tough. And it, actually, it was almost a two-year drought mm-hmm. that we were in. And so that's something to remember because that goes into condition of animals and everything as you come into breeding season uh, or to fawning or, or nesting seasons as well. And so, you know, we have what the habitat that's out there right now looks fairly decent, too, too excellent, actually. Um, and I, like you said, I think everybody across the countryside has been happy with the amount of green we've had this year compared to last year. Um, but, you know, the, we have some animals that have probably lagged in body condition. Nice that in a lot of areas of the state, we didn't have a terribly tough winter. So we didn't lose a lot during the winter in some areas of the state. And in select areas, we had some tough winter that, that probably compounded on top of their body condition. But then you think about... You know, yeah, the habitat set stage was set for the habitat that was there. Now, that being said, that that's quality versus quantity. We, we've we lost habitat over the years for many different reasons. Um, but, you know, you have, say, deer that were coming in as poor, poor body condition because of the drought period they've been in. How successful they were will be to be determined. And we've also noticed that some of our ground nesting birds really pushed off their nesting period to later in the year. And so they seem to have done all right. We're still wrapping up our brood counts here. Um, But there's going to be some late hatch birds this year. Now, that being said, they should have found the habitat and the bugs and the grasshoppers to be able to raise chicks this year. So if they pulled off a nest, I think we'll have pretty good production that way. Well, we have not had a lack of grasshoppers. That's for dang sure. At least on the eastern side. Boy, they've been everywhere, it seems, this year, which a sign of uh, kind of the rebound, like you say, after that two-year drought that we had. Uh, Things just Mm – and the the rapid way of which we rebounded over this year, and I don't want to you know knock on wood here, uh, but things are looking up and up out there. What I'm looking at, yeah. you, wanna, you know, the, the opener is coming up. I mean, this comes fast and furious here. Obviously, there's been, uh, you know, some of those seasons open up. But if people are unfamiliar, maybe this is their first time they want to get their son or daughter out there. They're going to go to Game and Fish, uh, uh, which is gf.nd.gov. Give them a rundown of yep. what's coming up here, Casey. So, yeah, we got dove hunting opening here really shortly in the first. Um, and then archery season opens uh, – you know, this this weekend, of course, on Labor Day weekend, it's, that's pretty typical, um, especially for those that are, you know, involved in archery hunting from year to year. We also have um, our sharp-tailed grouse and, and partridge, rough grouse, and squirrel seasons open on the 10th of September. Um, and so, and actually, another thing is we've got a fall turkey application deadline. So for those that want to put in for fall turkey, that's the... It, uh, coming up here so they can get on the website and and put their applications in and see if they get lucky for a fall turkey, which are easier to draw than deer tags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are some people that said, don't get me started on that. In fact, you know, let me ask yeah. you this final question for you. When it comes to the deer tags, because, I mean, maybe it's just my bias because I'm a deer hunter. That's what I grew up doing. I know that mm-hmm. there were some tags still available 
for certain units. Is that still a thing? Yeah. I know there was first come, first serve. Uh, you know, for me, the reason I, I go to 2K2, that's that's home for me, and I'm fortunate enough to know people that still own land and farm it that allow me to hunt there. Uh, but, you know, if you go out to some of these other units, you can if you be sure to ask, that's number one. Are there still some of those opportunities out there? I believe we are all sold out now okay. because they, they opened up for, um, but, you know, check our website. I haven't looked here today actually. Okay. Um, and so people can definitely check our website, but yeah, you know, you get some of those units, uh, that have extra tags aren't always exactly where a person wants to go, but from year to year, we do have a few units that have extra tags. So if you don't get drawn, start checking. If you really want to just go deer hunting and you're not super set on exactly where and what you deer hunt for. Right. Yeah, if you just want to fill that freezer uh, full of some uh, venison over the, the winter and into the spring, that's the way to go do it, boys and girls. Casey, what mm-hmm. I miss before I let you go? It's an exciting time here for a lot of people listening here. Well, I think, you know, if you're going out archery hunting this weekend, it's going to be hot, so you got to be a little bit prepared on what you're going to do with those those critters if you if you happen to be lucky enough to harvest one. But otherwise, I would just say enjoy the fall. Yeah. It's uh, shaping up to be should be pretty decent compared to what we've seen the last year or two so yep i'm i'm ready for it i might be in the minority but i'm ready for it is all i'm going to say one more yep. time casey i appreciate your time as always my man i'm going to let you go and we'll chat again soon all right thank you yeah uh, casey anderson he is with north dakota game and fish in fact he is the wildlife division chief out there so well it is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of outdoors live appreciate the podcast extra being made available boy then the weekend edition of outdoors live on news radio the mighty 790 kfgo and fm 104.7 till next time i'm doug lear reminding you as always keep your lines tight and your powder dry have a great one out there